This is a Yokogawa Australia and New Zealand podcast. Welcome back to Yokogawa Debunks, conversations with industry experts to demystify misconceptions we hear in process instrumentation and industrial automation. I'll be your host today, Sean Carhill, and thank you very much for joining us. Now, in our last episode, we kicked off our conversation with Nick Crow of Yokogawa, who's a product manager for analytical products, about one typical misconception many users have, liquid analyzers have, and it's the idea that liquid sensors require no maintenance and no intervention. Today, we continue to dissect this idea with him. So, Nick, welcome back. Thanks, Sean. It's great to be back. Now, Nick, moving just on to the conversation from the, uh, from the last session, we find that often the focus can turn to that of sensor life. Is there any warranty on analyzers and sensors? Well, the short answer to that, surely, is no. We can warrant the analyzer, but the actual sensor itself, uh, you really can't. So when we think about the things that we talked about in, in the previous episode there, where we have to have our, for liquid analyzers, we have to have our sensor in contact with the process. And we mentioned that you know, different process parameters can affect the, the sensor in, in different ways. Well, that all has an, an impact on the life. And what happens is uh, it ages the sensor at different rates. So what we're trying to do uh, when we do the maintenance uh, is determine how quickly that sensor has aged. I mentioned uh, previously high temperature uh, applications. They will age uh, a sensor particularly fast because liquid analyzers, we're we're generally making a, a measurement of a chemical and we know that chemical reactions happen much faster at high temperatures. So it makes sense that it'll age it quickly. But also when it comes to to warranty, you know, what constitutes a failure? So for some people, perhaps a a slow response time of a sensor might not be important. It it might not matter if they're making a measurement in a a large tank or something like that that has a a great volume of liquid. But for other people, uh, a slow response time can be critical to their operations. So for them, it would be considered a failure. And for the other people, it wouldn't. So yeah, really, it's, it's very difficult to to put a warranty on a sensor. So, I mean, hopefully those reasons uh, make it clear uh, why we don't. And I suppose the other question we have to ask ourselves really is how, how long could you reasonably put a warrant on, on a sensor for? So with this in mind, Nick, if, if a client has a high maintenance installation, for example, does it then become cheaper just to replace the sensor rather than to maintain it? I, I think in some cases it could be. So we have some sensors that are designed to be disposable. Uh, so once they're used up, you, you dispose of it and, and put a new one on. And if we're using that particular type of sensor in, a, in an appropriate service, say uh, you know, a nice potable water installation where we might get you know, 18 months, two years sensor life out of it, it's probably cheaper for those guys to do the replacement rather than try and spend a great deal of time and effort to recover that sensor. But if someone's got a harsh application where they're getting through sensors a lot, perhaps they need to consider a different type of sensor and then they can perform work on it and keep that sensor going as long as they can. But yeah, I guess it, it, you really have to weigh up how frequently you're going through sensors and the cost of your maintenance staff and time and effort they're spending out there uh, doing the work. So you mentioned there that some sensors are designed to be disposable. 
but you said some. So does that mean that some sensors can actually be rebuilt? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So when we consider that the, the common analytical measurements, uh, pH, conductivity, dissolved oxygen, and you know suspended solids and things like that, so a pH or, or a DO sensor, for example, yeah, that can be rebuilt. So a pH meter, for example, has uh, is made up of three elements: uh, a measuring element, which we call the pH glass, uh, a reference element, and a temperature element. Now, generally, when a, a pH probe expires, only one of those elements has passed out. So maybe the glass has broken or the reference junction has become clogged and and can't be recovered. In those high turnover applications, sometimes it's better to look for a sensor that's rebuildable and then we can replace just that reference junction. And that becomes really quite a cheap sensor to own and to maintain as well. Dissolved oxygen, for example, we mentioned that has to have an electrolyte and a membrane. And both of those elements can be replaced. And when you do that, it gives you an opportunity to prolong the uh, life expectancy of that sensor. Okay. So if I replace only the junction or the reference probe, um, I guess, does this mean that I won't have to calibrate it? Unfortunately, no, you you do still have to perform a calibration. So as I mentioned, the pH sensor is made up of three elements. And when we perform a calibration, we're providing the analyzer converter with information on the condition of the pH probe. So remembering if we replace one of those elements, essentially we've changed the condition of the entire probe. So, yeah, that, that is something that we've noted um, some people try to get away with to reduce time, but really you do have to perform that calibration if you replace any one of those elements. So, look, I mean, I think what you're saying is that there is a degree of flexibility here with your um, your probe selection, your probe maintenance, but, yeah, at the end of the day, you've really got to come back to basics by calibrating the device. Now, Nick, I just want to move the conversation on to a, a slightly different part of the topic here, and it's in relation to that of digital sensors and, and smart sensors. You know, in, in, the, in the world of um, liquid analytics, where do they fit in? Well, we, we've witnessed, uh, you know, in... In recent times, uh, an increased uptake of the smart sensors, and they've been around for for you know perhaps over a decade now. As I mentioned, that really it's in the recent years they've started to really pick up, and and I really wonder if it's because of the the uptake of uh, digital transformation and the the continuous desire for extra data. So the benefit that smart sensors bring really is they change the way that we do our maintenance. Unfortunately, you still have to do the maintenance because it doesn't matter how smart the sensor is, it's still making its measurement in the same way. It's just transferring the information that it's gathered in a different way. But as I mentioned, it enables us to change the way we do our maintenance. We don't have to do the maintenance in the plant anymore. So I guess that's a benefit that some people might find attractive. They're able to take a smart sensor back to a workshop or a laboratory and perhaps hand the responsibility for maintenance and calibration over to someone else and then when that's been performed you can take it back out to the plant and plug it in. The analyzer recognizes all the new data over a few seconds and and starts measurement again. But I think what the real benefit is if you are utilizing the data that they can gather because having the smart sensor you have much greater visibility into the condition of the sensor and it enables you really to improve um, your maintenance planning, you know, perhaps better utilise the the maintenance staff because they'll be able to see 
uh, A, if, if a maintenance uh, sensor does need maintaining, and B, if it doesn't need maintaining, they'll also be able to see what needs to be done. So they go out to plant prepared with relevant and appropriate tools, and they can get their job done uh, a lot quicker. And as I mentioned, when you can see if a sensor needs to be done, perhaps you can extend that period between maintenance uh, that everybody's trying to achieve. But yeah, so hopefully that kind of explains the, the benefits that uh, digital sensors can bring and the different options between uh, the traditional analogue and the new smart sensor types. Look, I think you've uh, you've explained very well there that there is some great advantages to be had with um, with the newer smart sensors, um, not only with the diagnostics they provide, but but also when it tackles this topic again of, of maintenance and the, the requirements of maintenance and, and why you should maintain. So I think this is a great way to, to close out this session because it backs up everything, not only from earlier in this podcast, but also from the previous one. So we've come to the end of this podcast. And Nick, I'd just like to say once again, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, it's been really uh, good to have an opportunity to, to talk about this. Um, yeah, sensor life is, is often a hot topic. So yeah, hopefully this information will help, help some people realise if their uh, analyzer is normal or abnormal. Thanks again, Nick. And look, if you'd like to know uh, more about the Yokogawa liquid sensors, uh, please follow the links that we've provided um, with the uh, the podcast or leave any comments in the in the sections of this episode. Until next time, thank you very much for joining us on Yokogawa Debunks. Goodbye.